the day that the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for life and it more abundantly. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've given us, hope, blessings, children, grandchildren, family. And we thank you. We don't take it for granted. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word. We want to hear from heaven. And, Lord, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit who is welcome in this place. And we want to hear truth. And we thank and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, persistent faith, amen. We are to be persistent, full of faith. Why does our faith need to be persistent? Because persistence moves God. Amen. See, we have to get God's attention. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So persistence is is the the doing of it. Our persistence is the work. Amen. Hallelujah. Persistence moves your faith. It strengthens your faith. And if we feed on the word daily and be consistent with feeding on the word. You can't read your Bible ever so often, just on the weekend. But if you consistently feed on the word daily, then your persistence from consistency (laughs) will always get results. Amen. You have to be consistent in your daily reading because that's how you get your mind renewed. And when you're consistently in the word, your persistence in your faith will continue to make you strong. And you can move mountains with faith. And this is why most of us, and I didn't have it either. In fact, I'm developing it now. But we we don't have mountain-moving faith because we're not consistent enough. And when we're consistent in our teaching and in our reading, which I believe most of us are, we're not persistent in getting what you need from God. See, when you're persistent, you don't stop until you get it. Amen? So you have to be persistent so that you can receive what God has already said yes to. Amen? So the more consistent you are, the stronger your faith gets. And this is... The violent faith. Now the Bible talks about the violent taking it by force. Well, the violent faith is the persistent faith. The the faith that don't quit until they get it and not give up and say, I don't want it no way. That's That's not from God. That's from the devil. So strong, radical, violent, consistent, persistent faith is what we need to show Satan. Now why do we need to show Satan? Because he's the one that told you no. God didn't say no. (laughs) God said yeah long when we first prayed that prayer. God said yeah. The devil told you no. And the devil's no is louder than God's yes. I'm going to preach today, y'all. Amen. And so when the devil's no is louder than God's yes, then we back off and say, I don't want it. Because you don't know how to get it when God's already told you you can have it. But persistent faith sees into the invisible realm. It's like this. If you can see yourself with it, then that's your faith. That's persistent faith. If you see yourself having it, if you visualize yourself with it, 
and what you're going to do when you get it. That's faith. Don't let the devil tell you that's hope or that ain't right. And people will tell you that too. But I'm telling you, if you can see yourself with it, then that's your faith working. Keep working it. Keep working it. Amen. Because whatever, this is the thing that God showed me, and it's biblical. If you don't see yourself with it before you get it, you won't have it. So it's nothing wrong with you visualizing yourself with it. Now, where we get in trouble is when we want that more than we want God. Just don't let it overtake you. But it's nothing wrong as long as you keep, and if you feel yourself getting that itchy and getting edgy, because sometimes when you think about things a long time, you will get itchy and edgy. Just tell the Lord, help me pull back some. Help me put this in perspective. But don't give up that vision. Without a vision, the people perish. Amen. So you need to see it before you get it. Now, why do you have to see it before you get it? Because God's already done it. See, he's already put it on the inside of you, and that's why you see it. You see it with invisible eyes. You see into the invisible realm. Because you receive, you've received it on the inside of you. And if you've received it on the inside of you, you've got to see it. Amen. You see yourself with it. Amen. Just don't be trying to give them a face and a name. <laughs> that's when it gets weird. <laughs> Amen. The devil tells you no. He speaks no to you deep on the inside of you. And then that's where fear comes in when the devil says no so loud. Let me tell you what he does. He orchestrates no on the inside of you and on the outside of you so you can see in the natural no. He shows you no in the natural. And that's why you have to see into the invisible realm. See, your faith is made up of what you cannot see. That's what faith is. Faith is what you can't see. It don't take faith to get what's already seen. Because that's been developed already by somebody else's faith. And so faith is what you can't see. Don't look at how people talk to you or how it's looking or... Ain't nobody come your way yet. God didn't send them your way yet. But keep believing. Keep confessing. You know, when I remember back in the day when we used to tell women, if you want a baby, set a table. Amen. And there's some people that have gone out. They would buy little baby dishes and stuff. But these people who are real desperate, they go buy a baby chair. And they got a baby. Because they saw them themselves with it before they got it. And that's what you have to do. Amen. You have to do that. You have to see it before you get it. Because what you're doing is you're taking God at his word. And you're saying, God, if you told me I can have it, then I'm going to act like I have it already. And that's what you, that's called faith. You know, and the natural people will say you're crazy, but that's okay. They're going to talk about you anyway. Amen. No matter what you do, good or bad. (laughs) So why do we have to show Satan something? Because he is the one that puts doubt and unbelief in your mind. God didn't do that. He puts doubt and unbelief in our mind and he seals it with a visual. 
Amen. Because he orchestrates mean things to hurt you. Amen. And he gets, then he'll get you involved by putting your stamp of approval on it. Not so much approval, but you start to believe it because of what you see. He is the one that tries to um, put doubt in your mind. And he also stands before God accusing you and me day and night. The accuser of the brethren. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Don't you help him out. Because he does good all by himself. But he cannot take a child of God down. He just can't do it. He can try, but he'll never do it. Amen. Amen. God has already said yes. The enemy has already said no. So who are you going to believe? That's why that scripture is in the Bible that says, whose report will you believe? Amen. You have to make up your own mind. The enemy is the one that accuses us daily. He don't miss a day. And he accuses us of failure. He accuses us of fraud. He accuses us of every wrong thing, stuff he'll pull up in your past that God has already forgiven you for. He'll throw any ball at you, just like some mean people. And he'll throw anything at you he can to pull you down or to make you think you're not right with God. But God is a forgiver, amen? He forgives us of all of our unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says. Devil is the accuser of the brother. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Hallelujah. So when we're persistent in our faith, God perfects those things which concerns us. Persistence will wear down or wear out resistance. This is another reason why we need to be persistent. I'm going to say that again. Persistence will wear down resistance. Whatever is resisting your faith, whatever is keeping you from receiving what you have, God has already promised you, whatever, you know, the devil is doing to try to make you think you won't receive or make you think you don't want it, because that comes from the devil too. God doesn't promise you something and then tell you 10 years later, you don't, you don't need, that ain't for you. That's, that's, God don't do that. That's from the devil. And so what we'll say is God didn't say it in the first place. To make ourselves feel better about not wanting it. But the devil does make you not want something. But this is the way I look at it. Whatever God says I'm supposed to have, I want it just because he said I can have it. Amen. He knows me better than I know myself. So it must be good for me even though I don't think it is. But I want it because God said it's okay for me. I'm going to fight for it because God said that I could have it. And so this is why it's not about us so much. It's about what God wants to come to pass in your life. And so we are consistent. We're persistent because persistence and consistency wears out resistance. It, It wears down whatever is standing in your way. Look at it like this. If you're chipping at a block and chipping at a block and chipping and chipping, you're closer today than you were last year. If you're, but if you stop chipping, then all is lost. But if you keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at that block, you are closer today than you were last yesterday. 
When the Son of Man comes, who will find faith on the earth? Everybody should say, Amen. He will find me still chipping away. Amen. Persistence is merely acting on the word. You're acting on what God has already said that you can have. Persistence is being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. This is what persistence is. It's the doing of it. It's the doing of what you say you believe and what you say you expect. And so it's the doing of it. Persistence is acting on the word of God and not taking no for an answer because the only one that's saying no to you is the devil. See, that's the crisscross. That's the thing that gets people confused. See, just because something doesn't come, that don't mean God said no. The devil is the one saying no. So you stand against no. You're not standing against God because God has already said yes. You're standing against that no, that voice that says no, because that voice that says no is a lying voice. Well, why, why did it come yet? Because you believe in you, you betwixt between the two. <laughs> Don't ask me to say that anymore. And that's why. Because, see, do you see it? You can't see it being betwixt between the two. So if you're not seeing it, then it's not coming. Not yet. But, you know, this is one good thing about faith and about receiving from God. It's never too late. You can repent quickly and get back in the game, even though you quit. Amen. Amen. That's what I like about God. Never too late. And, and see, sometimes you, this is the, the, the thing that the devil tried to get me on time. Well, look how much time has been. Well, maybe it ain't my season yet, but I'm going to keep believing until I'll believe till my dying day. Amen. It's not wasted faith. You don't waste your faith. God don't let you waste your faith. Persistence is acting on the word. Because no is not an answer from God. No is an answer from the enemy, so you have to fight against it. The widow woman in a certain city had persistence and didn't lose heart. Now, another reason you need to stay persistent so you don't lose heart, it's bad to lose heart. When you're in that place, I don't know how many of you have been there, but it's terrible. Because you have to merely pick your face up off the ground, off the floor, and, and scrape it up. And try to salvage what's left, if anything, and try to get it back working for God again. It's a bad, lonely place. I've been there. And so you have to try to get yourself together. Is it easy? No. But is it feasible? Yes. Amen. Amen. All things are possible through him that believes. And if you think about how you got there, you all the more want to fight to get back in place where you were because it was just that for a season we believed that no answer. And it seemed real. And we received it and we said, okay, then I don't want it. And so you have to pick yourself up. It's a, a hard place to be. But I'm telling you, God has graced us to pick ourselves back up. Amen. That's what grace does. It helps you. It enables you to get up and keep moving for God, even though you took a vacation, um, a mental vacation. That's what most of us do. 
And so ain't it good that God doesn't hold things against us? People do, but God don't. And who cares what people think anyway? <laughs> as long as you're in the will of God, that's what's going to get you over hump day. Amen. You need the grace to help you get to point A to point from point A to point B. So persistence causes our heart to keep seeking and not faint, to keep going, even though you want to quit. Amen. Persistence, this is another thing. Persistence keeps us from being angry at God. Because how many of you ever thought that God was being mean and said you couldn't have something? See, that's the trick of the enemy. He says no. And then he tries to make us think God is saying no. Because we figure with God, if you're saying yeah, then do it. But we really tie God's hands. Because our faith is in the no, and he can't move. We tie his hands. And the devil makes us, makes it look like and makes us think that that's coming from God. That no is coming from the enemy. Because if he, listen, the devil doesn't want you to have nothing. He don't want you to breathe life. He wants to kill us all. Because it just, don't try to reason with the devil. Why would the devil do that? Because that's, that's what he does. Amen. He hates everybody, loves nobody. And he wants, he hates, most of all, he hates our devotion to God. He don't want us to believe nothing God says. And then when we get lost in this yes, no thing in time, and then we start leaning towards, well, maybe God don't want us to have it. Amen. So you have to stay consistent. You have to persist in what God told you in the beginning. Because he doesn't say yes and then get you on a faith hunt and then shut the door in your face. That ain't God. But the devil loves that kind of activity because he likes to laugh at God's people. And we need to spend more time laughing at him. Amen. Laugh at the devil because the devil is stupid. So laugh at him. Let's go to Luke 18. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke in parables to uh, the religious people because they thought they were so had, had everything figured out. They couldn't even see in the natural what he was speaking in the natural, no less see in the unseen realm. <laughs> if it wasn't laid out to them in the natural, they didn't under, and still didn't understand it. Amen. And so this is why he spoke in parables to them. And in Luke 18, verse 2, well, let's go to one. It says, Then he spoke in a parable to them that, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. Amen. We should never lose heart. Now, there's going to be times when you feel like God has left you. we all been through that. But what's on the inside of you, that spirit of might and power, you know, you can find it and it'll come to you and say, Get up. <laughs> all is not lost. Get back on your knees. But I'm tired. Get back on your knees. Get in that word. Get delivered. Get set free. Amen. Hallelujah. Because God wants, see, he does that because he wants you to have what you, and see, it's so simple, yet it's so hard when you're in the middle of something bad. It's hard to believe that God wants us to have anything 
when we've been so discouraged and angry because it didn't come to pass. But that's all orchestrated by the enemy. If we dissect this word, we'll see that. So Luke 18, 1 says, men always ought to pray and not lose heart. And that means faint. Faint means quit. Verse 2 says, um, saying there were, and this was the parable, there was a certain city, a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Sound a little like Pharaoh to me. Not afraid of God. Want to just torture man, mean and evil, and don't want to let go. You remember, let my people go, Pharaoh. No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on them just because I can. So in, it says in verse 3, it says, Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversaries. Get justice for me. And he would not for a while. Now he, she went to the king. He would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, least by her continual coming she weary me. Amen. So she got what she wanted from the king because she continued to persist. Amen. That's what got her what she wanted. This woman worried the king with her consistent faith. Her continual coming to him wore him out or wearied him. That's what that word weary means. It wore him out. Now, see, you can, and, and I think the Lord is showing us that he was not a godly man. He was not afraid of God, didn't fear God, and was not lenient toward man. And I think the scriptures are showing us that to let you know how powerful persistence is. Amen? Amen. And see, persistence is what happened when those angels wrestled. Jacob wrestled with the angels for 21 days. I mean, we wish our everything would be 21 days. But, but back then, we don't know how long 21 days was. But I'm telling you, you wear out the enemy and you wear out, wear him out with consistency. Amen. Bad attitude don't wear him out. Anger don't wear him out. Murmuring and complaining don't wear him out. I don't want it and I don't need it don't wear him out. The only thing that wears out the enemy is consistency in God. Amen. Consistency in your prayers. A man ought to pray and not to faint. And so these are the only things that wear out the enemy. Amen. Hallelujah. So he, she worried him. She wore down his resistance because he was the one resisting her. So she wore him down and so that he answered her plea. Consistent faith is plain old bulldog faith. The Kenna Copeland call it bulldog faith. Amen. In other words, you you clamp on to it, lock your jaws on it, and you don't let go until you get it. Amen. Bulldog. (laughs) That's the kind of faith. Tenacity. That's what gets, and that's why sometimes we don't get things when we want it. It'll eventually come, because you, do you also know you can wait out the devil? 
Hey, you can wait them out if you're prayerful. If your if your prayers just pray, if you don't, if your prayers have no action, but if you want it now in this life, you have bulldog faith. You find it from somewhere. Amen. You know what? This you find it because you're tired of waiting. Amen. You find it because you're tired of the situation going on and on and on. And you latch on to bulldog faith. Amen. Stop acting acting it out. See, consistent faith is, is bulldog faith. So stop acting it out in the flesh. See, you can act out bulldog flesh in the fa- bulldog faith in the flesh. Did I say that right? You can act it out in the flesh or you can act it out in the spirit. Amen. Now, when you act out bulldog faith, I think I hit on that impatience. That's acting out your bulldog, putting your bulldog where it shouldn't be. But sometimes when you get frustrated, you act out the wrong thing instead of the right thing. And so instead of your bulldog faith, you will act it out in the flesh. And it's in, and these are some of the things. Impatience, you notice that stuff, then you know you're in the flesh. Murmuring, complaining. Anger, discontentment, disappointment, you know, short patient, all of those things. Then you're acting out your bulldog faith in the flesh. It's not the same thing as spirit, you know, con- uh, consistency, persistence, you know, uh, endurance. It's, it's different. It's not the same thing. It's spirit versus flesh. And we know spirit always wins. Spirit versus flesh. Spirit has to win. Faith and persistence is a a spiritual accusation that knows what is yours because of the promises of God. It's a spiritual accusation. You're You're accusing the devil of stealing from you. You're accusing him of being in your way. You're accusing him of not you not him not wanting you to have it. And all that stuff is true. And then you you slay him. You cut him his neck off. Cut the neck of the enemy off with your words, with your voice. I can have that in Jesus' name. I break the devil's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. You, God said that I can have it. God said that I believe it. And that's how you break the necks of the enemy. Hallelujah. It's not the same as flesh. You know, we either acted out in the flesh or we acted out in the spirit. Amen. Renewed mind, a renewed mind says I can have it. A carnal mind says, well, I guess God don't want me to have it. It's been so long. And see, that carnal mind is what pushes this further and further away and makes the fight not fun. Fight is fun. Because it's fixed. And it's fun if you get in, jump into it with two feet. Amen. And enjoy. And you can enjoy. Now, how do you enjoy this fight? By obeying God and doing the work of the ministry while you're waiting. Amen. And receiving favor. Receiving peace. Receiving joy. Receiving all of this stuff that God has promised. In spite of or while or during the wait. It can be fun. All you have to do is just trust God and say, God, you know what? I've done everything else. I'm going to trust you in this, and I'm going to see how this goes. Amen.
God's given it to you already. So that's what makes the fight fixed. Fixed fight. God promises it to me. And I see it in the invisible realm. Because he promised it to me. So you tell the enemy, let it go. Let it go. Because God has promised it to me already. Amen. This is what being a doer of the word does. Being a doer, trust God. Being a doer fights. You don't lay down and take punches. Amen. But you fight back with your mouth. The doing of it is persistence. And that's the word in action. Persistence is the doing of it. Consistency is the doing of it. Having violent, raw faith, that's the doing of it. Being bold, radical, that's the doing of it. And strong. Hallelujah. That's the doing of the word. Coming at the enemy. That's, that, it's just like a battering iron. A battery, whatever they think. Coming at him until he lets go of what God has promised you. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what Jacob uh, went through when the angels wrestled for 21 days to bring his answer. This is what was going on. Amen. Hallelujah. It is written, devil. God said it. It is written. It is written. Amen. That's all you need to know. God said it. He didn't unsaid it. He said it. And every word that proceeds out of his mouth will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Because it's already, it's already spoken. And it's also, if it's spoken already, it's created already. It's there in the unseen realm. You're trying to bring it to you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But you have to believe this stuff. And you've got to admit there's something to this, this word. It's something to it, although maybe you can't believe it 100%, but there is something to this word. Amen. Hallelujah. Another thing God does, he watches over his word to perform it. He hastens to perform it, and he watches over until he does. So there's no way we can't win, can't lose. The only way we lose is we give up and we quit. Because he, he, sends his, he sends the word out. He sends the word. And his word brings back the answer. Now how can we not receive? Amen. It's all in, in our thinking. If you think God has told you no, that's the devil. Repent and get back on the horse. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Get back in faith and get the word down on the inside of you because that's what brought you out to let you see that you took a wrong turn. That's the word on the inside of you. Amen. Don't shortchange yourself. The word is working on the inside of you. And when we take a wrong turn, some kind of way, God brings you that revelation through, through teaching, through the word, through reading the Bible. Something will alert you that you have taken a wrong turn. And then you repent and you get back where you were and you start believing again. Amen. Hallelujah. So get back in faith and get the word down on the inside of you. And, that, and your inner man will turn you around. 
It's not so much as what somebody says. It's what's on. It's already in you from all these years being in the Word. And when you need it, when you get at your lowest, honey, that Word is on the inside of you. Pick you up and turn you around. And that's what it's supposed to do. Amen. All is never lost. Amen. The only way you feel lost is if you have really come into something evil and you just don't respond to God anymore. Amen. But you but still that thing has to let you go. You can get that removed from you in the prayer line. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews ten. Hallelujah. Hebrews ten. Uh, verse 35. Hallelujah. So it says here, therefore, cast not away or don't fling away your confidence, which has great reward. Look, when you have confidence in God and you don't see nothing yet, it has great reward. You're just having confidence in God. Has great reward. So even if you just got a little bit that you're holding on to on the inside of you, hold on to what little bit you have, whatever you have. Hold on to it and don't let go. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't fling away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Now, what's the will of God? Being a hearer and a doer. Amen. Saying what you mean and mean what you say. Having done all, that's the will of God. And stand and don't falter. Stand and don't faint. Stand and don't quit. Amen. Stand and don't cast away your confidence in God. Stand, having done all. Because tenacity worked. That lady had tenacity. Now, what is that? It's persistence. It's determination. It's perseverance, patience, stamina, endurance, patience, endurance, resolve, and staying power. She had all of that. Do you think she started out like that? I don't think so. You know, she must have gone through other channels before she got to to the overseer. And nothing worked. And she was probably worn out and tired and about to give up. So it is no shame in this game. Amen. Hallelujah. But she found strength on the inside of her. It's just like the woman with the issue. Amen. She went to all these doctors, spent all her money. So her faith wasn't always strong. Her faith was in man. <laughs> just like ours is sometimes. But when she she said within herself, because her money ran out, and she knew she had to do something. And so she started talking to herself. So she said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of the, I need to try this Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And when she tried Jesus, it was over for the devil. Amen. Because cancer left her. In Jesus' name, it left. Praise God. So this is why we stand firm in the faith. And don't faint. If you feel yourself faint and say what you need to say to yourself, 
to get back in faith. Real friends encourage you when you're down. Let me go there. <laughs> that, this, that's not a time to not hear from your, your, you know, your girl. Because they don't want to see you get nothing either. Hint, hint. Amen. Well, that didn't go over well, but it's still true. Because God ain't going to let it work no other way. It's going to be you and him all the way. Amen. See, when times are good, friends hang when times are good. When times get bad for you, watch them run. Or they'll say the right thing, but when you look, when you need them, they're not there. Where they at? They're not there. Because that's how they roll. Fair weather, friends. Luke 11. Let's go back to Luke. You've got to trust God. We've trusted everything else. Let's go all the way with him. Luke, Luke I'm sorry, Luke 11, 5. Hallelujah. So stand firm in the faith and don't quit. Amen. Be firm and refuse to give up until you receive. Amen. If a friend came to your house at midnight and and hammered at your door, knocked at your door, what would you do? I know most of you wouldn't even, if it was 3 a.m., 3 in the, 3 in the afternoon, most of you wouldn't open the door. Who is that? Who is that? Who is that? So I already know. But what what would happen if a friend came at midnight and knocking, knock, 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 knock? Amen. Would you answer your door? Probably not. Not the first time. What if they kept knocking and kept getting intense? You'd start saying, well, wonder what's wrong. You'd answer that door sooner or later. Well, that's the way God is. <laughs> I know you in there, Jackie. Let me in. <laughs> she look out the door. That's Pastor Charlie. I ain't in there yet. But if I keep knocking, you're going to say, something must be wrong. And you open that door. That's how God is with you. Amen. You keep knocking. Keep knocking. He will open that door. You know why? Because he'll see that you're persistent. Amen. He'll see that this, this girl got something. Amen. She knows something. She's seen something in the invisible realm. Amen. And she wants something. So in verse 5, it says, And he said to them, talking about Jesus, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8 says, I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Amen. So in other words, persistence will make you get up and open that door. God, same thing. Persistence will make him open the door. Persistence will scatter the enemy. The doorkeeper will leave. The doorkeeper will leave. 
when you keep knocking on that door, the one that keeps that door shut will leave. Amen. And 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 the doors will open. The doors of opportunity will swing open when you keep knocking at that door. Amen. Maybe that's why it didn't come yet. We haven't been that persistent to knock and keep on knocking. Wear out the doorkeeper. Make the doorkeeper leave. Don't let pride and shame. That's what happens. Pride and shame get in the way. Amen. That's why we don't keep knocking. I'm guilty too. I don't want it that bad. Amen. You got to keep asking God. Keep asking God. Now, don't wear God down. There's a spiritual knock and there's a demonic kick. <laughs> open this door. Because, <laughs> you know, sometimes when it's a demonic kick, God will open that door and say, well, what didn't you want it? Here it is. And it ain't what you want. Or that thing hasn't matured enough to be in your life. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying get violent with this fleshly violent. I'm saying get radically violent spiritually. Amen. Because there's a, a, a pushing. But you do have to keep on knocking. Keep knocking for that door to open. Because that door has to open if you keep. Because it's your faith mixed it with endurance, mixed with persistence, mixed with whatever, what else? Persuasiveness, whatever it is. In the doing of the word, your prayers, supplication, you know, all of these things, praying in the spirit, in season, out of season, all of this stuff we should be knocking at the door with you. All those spiritual things. And that door must open for you. Amen. Stand firm in the faith. That's why we have to stand firm. But the thing that makes you not knock but so long, three knocks, and if it, the door don't open, you leave is pride. Amen. Yep. I don't want it that bad. Then don't come to the door then. But pride, shame gets in the way. I don't want it no more. It's pride. Shame. It's like I should be, I'm so up here, I shouldn't be wanting this no way. Because I'm above this. That's pride. Amen. And it comes before the fall. You get in that kind of stuff. Then you you get you it's, your fall is coming, but shamelessness is persistence. Amen. Shameless persists, and it insists in the matter. Shamelessness don't quit. Shamelessness say I don't care who's watching me. I don't care who's talking about me. That's what shamelessness says. Pride says they watching me. So I'm going to act like I don't want it. And I'm mad. See what I'm saying? How many of all of us have been, been there? All of us been there. Amen. Except for a couple. But we all been there. If you haven't, you might. Hopefully you don't have to go there. Because I wish I hadn't had to go there. Because that was a big waste of time. Amen. <laughs> you can't bulldog that door down. That's where you put the bulldog to sleep. Amen. But honey, you go to that door in all faith, in all confidence that God will open that door. But this is why people quit. People quit because they don't want to knock and keep on knocking, ask and keep on asking. Because it makes them look 
small, so they think. And see, that's what the devil, that's what the devil tells you. Well, why you want him? Because he's my husband. That's why. Because <laughs> he's mine. That's why. Any other questions? Amen. It don't make me uh, hard up. Don't make me none of that stuff. It just makes me smart. Because anybody else, I'm going to beat them up. It's not going to work. I'll be in court. It won't work. But see, I can see that. Most people can't. So I already know what's going on. Thank God. According to the word of God. For my life. Amen. But shamelessness persists anyway. People quit because of pride. Pride tell them, you can do better. Go get it yourself. The time factor tells you it's been too long. Forget about it. But if we can stay away from pride and the time factor, we'll be fine. In other words, really the devil's convinced you of his no. When he's the one said no, God didn't say nothing. Then he'll turn it on God, blame God. God told you no. So what you've been doing all these years. Amen. Then we start to murmur and complain. And another reason why it takes so long, because we've been in faith all that time. Tell the truth. Amen. Sometimes, you know, we put things on the shelf. I'm not going to say whether that's right or wrong, but we do. I did. You know, sometimes you don't want to deal with it. You put it on the shelf, but you got to clean that shelf sooner or later. That stuff got to come off the shelf, and you got to deal with it. Amen. But we murmur, we complain, we get mad at God, then you get mad at God's people. Because you're accepting defeat. But it is written. It is written. When something is written down, you can't take it back because it's written. This is what Jesus said when he had been fasting 40 days and the devil came with his temptations. Every time he defeated the devil, it was because he said, it is written. Amen. That's how you defeat Satan with it is written. This is how you do it. You can't do it any other way. You can cuss the devil. I've heard people tell the devil, go back to hell. That ain't saying, that ain't doing nothing. He laughing at you. You heard people say that. Isn't that crazy? You don't have to tell him because he already know he's going. But you tell him, it is written. Hit him upside the head with a lick he won't forget. Amen. He hates the word. When you throw the word at him, it's hitting him upside the head with something powerful. Amen? If God said you can have it, then it is written. Bulldog faith clamps down on the truth and don't let go. Tenacity works the same way. Persistence works the same way. So continue in this course of action. Amen? Did I finish in Mark 10? Oh, I didn't finish, I don't think. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't get to Mark 10. Wait a minute. Let me see. Luke. 
okay, 11. It says, if, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Amen. So for everyone that knocks, in verse 10, for everyone who asks, receives. And he who who seeks, finds. Now, if that's not true, why is it right there? So you need to ask these questions. I ask God stuff like this. I say, well, if that's in the Word, why don't I have it? And then he'll show you something. But I ask him because I'm wondering what's going on. Amen. And you can ask God, too. Ask him. Ask him why has it been so long. Every situation may be different, but it's the same principle, same word. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. But ask him. Because he, he may have some special um, assignment or some special thing he wants you to do to prove your faith to him. So get with God and, and find out what you need to do to get. But we all have to do that individually. Amen. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. And that's the word. And it is written. Amen. So it cannot be altered. The word cannot be altered. And so now it's up to us to find out what we need to do to bring the unseen realm into the natural realm that's all it is and it's easy just trusting god speaking it with your mouth because look at it like this what you see has been created anything that you can look at has been created automation it was created god gave somebody a witty invention and a good idea so everything that we can see in the natural has been spoken it came. Even if you have, uh, um, my husband worked at Ford for 45 years, and he used to tell me back in the early days how when they were coming out with a new car, and he says, you can tell the big wigs been, been up to Ford because they got the blueprints and they've been discussing the new, new car for the next year. Everything that you see has been discussed. Amen. And they, they put it on paper and design it through the architects and all of this stuff. And they plan out the wheel suspension and how each part is going to interchange with another part. It's already been discussed. It's been laid out perfectly. And it's been discussed. It's been spoken into existence. And so the same thing with our personal lives. We need... And this is the thing. The blueprint has already been printed by God. There is a blueprint for everybody's life. We just have to find our place. Where do we fit in with this blueprint? And then speak it into existence and see if you a blueprint, you see it before it's erected. Before those cars are put together on the assembly line, every little part down to the tail light, whatever it is, it's been discussed. It's on the blueprint. Amen. And then they, we stick, they stick to the blueprint. And so this is what we need to do. We need to stick to God's blueprint for our lives. And then from the blueprint that's not been erected, you are able to get a visual. Are y'all here? We don't get a visual because we don't stick to God's blueprint. Amen. 
We need to stick to the blueprint. And when you run into trouble or discouragement or dis, because we all do, then go back and ask God for a blueprint for your life. Because it's better than what we putting together. It's always better. It don't feel better, but we don't, the just still live by faith, not how you feel. What, what feels uncomfortable is probably a good thing. So ask God for that blueprint for your life. Every single individual, when you come out of your, before you come out of your mother's womb, there's a blueprint for your life. And it's a good thing. God has a good plan. He knows the plans that he has for you and me. And these are plans to prosper us. These blueprints, this plan is not to take us under. And so we need, we don't stick with that blueprint. We get our own ideas of what we think. And some of this stuff be a good idea, but it ain't God's blueprint. And so then we wonder why things are going in an adverse way. But it's because we have to stick with God's blueprint because his plan for us is good all the time. Plans to prosper us and not do evil toward us. Amen. Because God loves us. His thoughts toward us are good all the time. But we're afraid to trust that blueprint. And we start making our own and then we get confused and it is confusing when you get turned around like that because you're trying to believe the lord you're trying to believe god and then you're seeing stuff in with your natural eyes and that's why i don't believe nothing i see and i don't believe nothing nobody tell me anymore i used to but i'm beginning to see how the devil gets in that too So you have to stick with God and stick with knowing Jesus Christ and him crucified, and that's it. Unless you're discussing the word. Anything other than the word, leave it alone because it will get you in trouble. And, yeah, I'm an example of it. Amen. People take your words, twist them, or they want to believe the the opposite or you they think your heart was wrong and say i mean it's just all kind so just don't give the the devil opportunity like that and so you just have to do what you have to do to stay on top of what god because the devil is going to fight you enough he'll fight you through people he'll fight you with words he'll he'll have an assignment against your life i mean he don't stop He's relentless, but we can be relentless in our faith. Amen. You just had to match it. You know how people uh, that give to these foundations, they match dollar for dollar. Well, you got to match tip for tap with the enemy. But God's plan always wins. Amen. Because he's relentless, you be relentless in your faith. Relentless is being persistent. Being consistent. Being, you know, having endurance and having faith. That's being relentless. Amen. Now let's go to Mark 10. Hallelujah. Verse 46. Talk about blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus had no sight, as we know. How many of you know that you can hear scripture and 
read the story and know so much but then when god gives you another level of revelation or another level of insight then it changes things a little bit or it sticks better so barnabas had no sight now you can look at this two ways natural sight which he had no natural sight he was a blind man and jesus healed him you know that but sight is a funny thing because you don't need your eyes to see <laughs> he was just trying he was just tired of people pushing him around that's why he wanted his sight nobody not doesn't want to see and enjoy the natural scenery of life i'm just gonna put it like that but he had no vision he had no sight amen in the beginning but he got wise he got smart and bartimaeus started to see before jesus came along he was seeing stuff amen he was seeing amen he just got tired of his physical condition but we can see without the gift of sight put to you like that so in verse 46 it says now they came to jericho as he went out in jericho hit with his disciples and a great multitude blind bartimaeus the son of timaeus sat at the road begging amen and when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he became he began to cry out and say jesus son of david have mercy on me amen see when you have been blind for since birth you have to use this other thing that god places in people you know all of their other um what is it hearing sight senses heighten and so he started to see with spiritual sight because he couldn't he was tired of being blind amen so when he heard the people in the region talking about jesus his sight his spiritual sight told him you need to get to him amen though he was blind he knew he knew that if it's just like the woman with the issue she knew within herself she saw herself healed even from a string (laughs) amen that's how much she thought of jesus the power that she knew existed on the inside of him was kind of like that with blind bartimaeus blind but now he sees spiritually and he knew when he heard he heard the prominent men in the city talking about this jesus and they weren't saying nothing nice about him are you kidding me they weren't saying anything good about jesus but blind bartimaeus heard and the sight that he had from spiritual sight spoke to him on the inside and say they don't like him i need him i must need him amen so now he's working on spiritual with spiritual sight just thought i'd bring that out and when he heard that it was jesus of nazareth he began to cry out jesus son of david have mercy on me that's why he cried out he cried out in faith 
because he already knew what he needed he already knew who jesus was because of something on the inside of him that he saw 48 it says then many warned him to be quiet but he cried out all the more he got louder that was persistence that was patience endurance that was all the tenacity that was everything that he needed to get god's attention so he cried out all the more son of david have mercy on me he knew he was the son of david because he knew a little something about him amen because look at it like this the sadducees the pharisees was always saying who does he think he is who is this man that even demons bow they didn't know him but this guy knew him as the son of david kind of make you want to think amen and so he said uh he cried out all the morning verse 39 jesus stood still when he heard that (laughs) son of david have mercy on me jesus stood still and commanded him to be called and then they called the blind man he jesus said no where where's that person that said that to me call him up here so they they called the blind man saying to him be of good cheer rise he is calling you amen see he kept on and kept on knocking at that door and suddenly his day was here amen now these onlookers be of good cheer rise that means oh just be blessed be happy he called your name because they didn't think he was going to get his sight. That's why they said be of good cheer. Oh, just, you know, bask in the aviance or whatever people say religiously to try to pet you on your head. But he didn't want that. He was going for the real thing because he had the real thing working on the inside of him. He didn't need that pep. That's called a pep talk. Or, or you know, they have another name for it. But he didn't need that amen uh where am i at 49 50 and throwing aside his garment why did he throw aside it he took that pity devil off his infirm spirit came off his bed that he was laying on came off his usual the stuff that kept him bound he was done with it he took it off amen He got tired of that. He said, I'm done with this stuff. Hallelujah. And he he said, let's see, where am I at again? 50. So that's why sometimes you'll see somebody else when Jesus is about to heal them. It says he took up his bed. In other words, everything that was related to their their, uh, weakness, their infirmity, they wanted nothing else to do with it. They cast it aside. Instead of casting away their confidence, they cast aside that thing that was keeping them bound. Amen. He was done with that. And so he, he threw it aside his garment. He rose and came to Jesus. Now, he, he was not planning on putting that robe back on no more. That's why he took it off. If he had a drug up there with his, his sick clothes on, you know, whatever represented illness to him, he would walk back the same way. Amen. Amen. Be sure you're done with what you, 
you are coming out of. Don't bring any trinkets from your past whatever. Don't don't bring nothing with you. Amen. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? In other words, you got to ask. The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. In other words, be specific in what you ask God for. Don't be afraid to just say, well, just bless me. You ever prayed with somebody, especially a stranger, and they don't want to tell you nothing personal because of pride and shame? Just pray for me. And I don't like people like that. And, you know, because now Jesus loves them. I love them, but I don't like fooling with people like that because I know that they never receive very, very, unless they get broken down, they don't receive because they're too full of pride. Just pray for me. That can mean I could pray for you to get a new shoe. I mean, you know, it's not right. You be specific. Don't call the cat if you want the dog. Say what you want and want what you say. Amen. Just pray for me. Okay. So the blind man said to him, Rabboni, oh, I want to receive my sight. He was specific with God. And then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Because he came prepared to walk away with his sight. God is full of mercy. Amen. God gave him the faith that he had. Because he had been crying out. When, when he cried out, all of those years he had been crying out, that's when he received his faith and his sight. So all he needed was a natural, uh, a natural involvement with, with Jesus to bring it into the natural realm. But he had started to see far before he saw Jesus on the road. Amen. Because he got in faith. He got tired of people kicking him around. You know, telling him just like they patted him on the head in front of Jesus. You know, well, you know, just be your good guy. And, you know, but he wanted the real thing. He was ready for a change. When you knock and keep knocking at that door, you are ready for a change. Why? Why now? Because you start to see in the spirit realm. And you see yourself with that thing that God has promised you. You start to see, so you start preparing for it. You stop wasting time because time is precious, especially when we've gotten into the, the end times. You don't have no more time to waste. So whatever you need to do to yourself to prepare, you do it. Shame or not, do it anyway and get rid of that shame and start preparing for what you once believed God had told you you could have. Because it's coming. Amen. You can enjoy it more if you prepare for it. And persistence will prepare you for that open door. Amen? Hallelujah. Persistence opened the eyes of Bartimaeus way before Jesus walked on that road. He was waiting on Jesus. Your faith will make you whole. You know why the Bible says your faith will make, Jesus said your faith made you whole. Because your faith allows you to see. Are you here today? Your faith gives you sight. So stand and don't quit. Because it is written. 
already. So why should you quit if it's already written? If it is written, then you don't quit. It's already written. Don't quit. In other words, get aggressive with your faith. Persistence works. And start to use your time wisely because the days are short. Continuance is the course of action for the day. Continuance, not quitting. You keep going. Keep believing. Stop accepting the devil's defeat. Because God has told you yes. Because it is written. He is not told. He wouldn't. Why would he write something? It's just like you writing a letter to your kid's teacher and then send it and then say, I ain't write that. She said, well, you wrote me a letter. You said you wanted me to, you wanted to have a conference with me. I don't want no conference. I ain't say that. It's just like God putting something in writing and then say, I'm not doing that. It doesn't make sense. Amen. And so God says it is written. I think what we need to do is say it is written so much this week that you start to tell that to the devil. Because when he comes against you with resistance, amen, like in, in, what's his name, Jacob, whatever, when the the angels wrestled 21 days in his behalf, when those times come, you need to be used to saying, but it is written, like Jesus, who was, and you know Jesus was weak, he had been fasting 40 days and 40 nights. And that's why the devil picked them. Listen, the devil's going to pick you when you're in your weakest form. But the spirit of might and power that's on the inside of you that cannot be crushed, cannot be diminished, cannot be broken down, will come up in, on the inside of you and start to speak. Amen. This is how it's done. Now, if somebody got a better way, I'll gladly do it. But I know we done done it all. Amen. <laughs> But only God's way will work. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your word. Amen. We praise you, Father. And we exalt you. We lift you up, Lord God. And we bless you. We bless you for your word. And we we, we are people who appreciate your word, Lord God. We appreciate what you're doing for us. Because if nothing less, you love us. 